This is the Medical Republic podcast. I'm Felicity Nelson. The global COVID-19 pandemic has come off the back of a hellish summer of bushfires and floods, and the mental health of many Australians is understandably under strain. Everyone will be feeling a bit anxious right now, and that's totally normal. But some people will be feeling it worse than others, and some people may need extra help. Today I'm interviewing Dr Jodie Lowinger. Dr Lowinger is a clinical psychologist at the Sydney Anxiety Clinic, and she's going to help us find out a little bit more about what people can do to manage their COVID-19 anxiety. Dr. Lowinger, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Not everyone can access a psychologist and not everyone needs to, but what are some of the things that you know, people can do if they're feeling really overwhelmed and stressed right now. And I can see a lot of my friends and family are are feeling that way. Yeah, for sure. There is overwhelm happening because there is a lot of uncertainty. And the core fear for human beings is fear of uncertainty, fear of change. And that that taps into our primitive survival instinct of fight or flight. So anxiety is a physiological reaction to perceived threat in our environment. And when we can't predict our environment, if we think back to primitive times, not being able to predict our environment meant that we were unsafe and something could uh, attack us or kill us. And so we are hardwired to avoid uncertainty and to avoid change. And what we are dealing with at the moment is uncertainty to probably the largest degree of uncertainty that people in Western society have experienced for a long time, if not potentially in their lifetime. And so what can happen is worry takes hold. Worry is our attempt to get certainty about the future. But the problem is it's struggling with an attempt to get certainty when there is no certainty. And so it's a futile mental process. Uh, which triggers and keeps us trapped in this fight or flight reaction of anxiety. So what can be very helpful is to notice when worry is taking hold and the the steps that it's doing to propel us into the future. uh, What can typically happen is we tip to worst case scenario. We tip to all of the possible things that might go wrong. So being very aware is one of the critical tools in your toolkit right at the moment. How can you be aware and bring yourself back to the present moment? So that's step number one. And what we have to do is recognize that our brain is wired to be hijacked by this fight or flight reaction, to be hijacked by the amygdala that's taking hold at the moment. And it set our body up to fight or to run in the case of a real threat. But this, in essence, is still a perceived threat. So we want to recognize that and use physiological ways of taking our headspace out of that fight or flight reaction. And what I mean by that is as simple as bringing it back to our breath. When we're in fight or flight, our breath escalates. Uh, We have rapid shallow breathing, we have rapid heartbeat. Um, So we have to send messages back up to our brain to override that. So the best thing you can do is slow your breathing down, long, slow out breaths, 
is what is going to take your headspace out of that fight or flight and re-engage what's called the parasympathetic nervous system, the calming nervous system. And that's going to be really helpful to be able to get space out of that fight or flight, to bring yourself back to the present moment and to tip your headspace from worry and from anxiety into problem solving and action planning. My business outside of the Sydney Anxiety Clinic uh, business is, um, you know, my personal brand of the, uh, is a, around all about moving from anxiety into action. And what we're talking about here is problem solving, problem solving and action planning. So how can you be really purposeful in moving from anxiety and the fight or flight into problem solving and action planning? And there has never been or rare to be a more critical time than now to be able to make sure that you're engaging in some practical and effective problem solving and action planning. So think about what is in your control and what is out of your control. Of the stuff that's out of your control, we have to be able to catch our mind, to be able to let go of the stuff that's out of our control and bring it back to problem solving and action planning around the elements that are in your control. Now, that's not an easy thing to do because our brain is hardwired towards being hijacked by that amygdala and tipping us into fight or flight. So breathe, awareness. So it's awareness, breathe, problem solve around the things that are in your control. Self-compassion is key here. For those of you who are parents, for those of you who are business leaders, for those of you who are teachers or education leaders, um, and for anybody really, for all of you out there, please, 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 you cannot pour from an empty glass. You must be looking after yourselves in order to be able to look after others. Um, this is critical and this is all in your control. Self-compassion self is key. Kindness, acts of kindness are also things that there's a lot of evidence base around the power of acts of kindness for our own mental health and well-being and, of course, for the mental health and well-being of others. Um, so some, some practical things that are very much in everybody's control. Well, that's fantastic. Um, and I know you've got a consult in a few minutes, so I'll let you go. But thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing some of those um, thoughts and, and wisdom with um, our listeners. Yeah, it's, it's always an absolute pleasure, Felicity. I really think that the work that you do is tremendous to help the community, uh, to help your immediate community and the broader community with practical strategies that really make a difference. So it's lovely to talk with you as always. Next up, I'm speaking with Associate Professor John Allen. Professor Allen is the President of the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists. Professor Allen, welcome to the show. So people are understandably under a lot of stress right now with COVID-19 touching many aspects of our professional and social lives. Um, some people will be in self-isolation already. Some people will be, you know, trying to get their plans together um, for working from home. Um, what are some of the things that you've been hearing um, about the psychological impact of, of all these changes? Look, I think the psychological impact is something we really have to consider very, very much. There's a range of things. I mean, you, you've probably seen some of the uh, interviews on TV and podcasts. People already in isolation talking about their boredom and um, how difficult it is to actually stay at home for that length of time. And often those are people who are 
you know, quite physically fit and well-connected and obviously internet savvy in terms of being able to put out that message. So think about the people who don't have those connections, who are very socially isolated and um, or who already have a pre-existing mental health or anxiety condition. Um, you know, we, we, we are facing quite a... Uh, you, know, you might think of an epidemic of, of, of that as well. Mm. And what are some of the anxiety symptoms that people might be experiencing right now? Well, the usual things, look, I think two things to say. One is that it, obviously there's, people are worried and there's a lot to worry about. I think that's, that's really important to know. That, you know. It's quite legitimate to be worried and concerned about the future and so we've got things to worry about. But usually people will have those kinds of symptoms that you usually get with anxiety like uh, just feeling panicked or feeling anxious. They might uh, have trouble breathing, have a racing heart, they might feel dizzy, you know, they might feel shaky or unwell or just generally not quite right. Um, they could of course, also come into full-blown panic attacks where people um, you know, really feel that they've lost control of the situation. So I think all of those things are really possible and it's important to look out for that in yourself and in the ones around, people around you. Um, and are there ways to reduce stress and anxiety um, when world events like this are completely out of your control? That's a great question. I think there are ways to keep your own personal anxiety under control. But for most of us, the normal ways are to exercise. So you've got to find a new way to exercise at home. If you can't go for a walk, you've got to do a bit of gym. I was encouraged by the aerobics class that I saw on TV in Spain. Um, but keeping up your social contacts uh, through other people. So we have social media, telephones, um, being able to, to have that communication with people. I was also impressed by the community singing, for example, that we saw in Italy, um, which Australians would be more like doing that. And um, the other one is to make sure that you've got the right information. I think there's an opportunity for people to actually listen to the wrong information or focus in on, that, um, on, on the direst possibility. But it's really important to actually have the correct information. If you really are stuck at home, there's, you know, we're very encouraged, of course, by the Medicare items that allow GPs, psychiatrists and others to actually do teleconference and telemedicine consultations with their patients so, so that neither of them have to go out and be exposed. I think that's, that's really important. And then, of course, there are online things like Mood Gym and things like Black Dog and um, Beyond Blue actually run, have websites which are devoted to exercises you can do to, to you know, sort of forms of self-treatment. And I've seen some really excellent initiatives popping up online where, um, for instance, uh, some musical group is, is live streaming and or people are coming together to do a game or role-playing yeah. or whatever. Um, have you seen any, any of those kinds of activities? Yeah, I've seen some of those. And also there's some very simple work where people who are maybe less technically capable just being able to form phone groups. So just the, the notion of actually having a chat with other people uh, even by the phone or online, just to, you know, and have someone that you know, if, you, if you're very isolated, having someone who you know is actually going to call you and is going to check on how you're going and offer you, you know, some some divertisement and so on, I think that's really important as well. So I think all I think the people's imaginations are going to be fantastic. I was saying about the, the singing through the streets of Italy, I think that that's fantastic. Um, you know, and and people really got into it. My experience is that if you let people uh, be themselves and, and don't worry about your inhibitions. There's an enormous opportunity for, for joining with others to have fun. And I think that in the face of 
in, you know, in the face of this of the grim situation that might arise, I think a bit of black humour and a bit of fun is probably not going to be too harmful. <laughs> That's fantastic advice. Well, thank you so much for making the time um, to join us on the show. Oh, well, thank you very much, and I hope we all keep safe. You've been listening to the Medical Republic podcast. My name's Felicity Nelson. We've been doing a lot on COVID-19, so if you'd like to get in touch and give us any tips or ideas for stories, you can contact me at felicity at medicalrepublic.com.au. Thanks for listening.